You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Hello and welcome to the Daily Review on Radio Primavera Sound. It is Friday the 28th of April and certainly here at least uh, it's uh, 11 o'clock but who knows what time it may be where you are. Uh, given the worldwide state of things, uh, we have got an excellent show for you today. We've got Uma who's sat to my side uh, who we're going to be talking to later. Um, we've already been talking about Labby's Bal, so I warn you. Uh, and we've got uh, a UK Garage Friday banger, because it's Friday. Um, and there's loads, there is absolutely loads and loads of new music uh, that has come out today. It's a really, really good day uh, for new music. And we're going to start with this. One of our favourite artists, local artists, very close to our heart, Ronaldo and Clara. Uh, their new album, La Boca Aigua, they're her... I don't know. Who cares? Uh, La Boca Aigua is out today. Uh, and this is the brilliant Sestamio Al Care. Ronaldo and Clara with uh, Sestamio Al Care from the new album uh, La Boca Aigua, which is out today. Listen to it. It is absolutely uh, fantastic. And as mentioned, we've got Uma here with us. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. Very happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to, ha- to, to have you here on, on, on a Friday. Um, We've got loads and loads to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but before we do, we're going to play um, a song from your uh, most recent project. I'm not calling it an EP or a mixtape or or anything because I think it's sort of up in the air, isn't it? If it's it's, it's now been decided, it's a mixtape. Okay. It's kind okay. of a yeah, mix and match of of sounds. And I'm I, I want to say I want to say the song the first song we're going to play. Now I'm probably going to mispronounce this. But I want to say it's called Tara. Yeah. Is that? I, I, yeah, I think so. That's how I pronounce it. Well, um, and it's your song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you like? Would you like to in- introduce this song for us? Oh. What? 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 Um, what should we listen out for? Um, this was the kind of first song where I felt like I took a risk lyrically, which now looking back, uh, kind of feels very funny because it feels quite safe. Uh, but in the moment, it felt like a really big change in my writing uh, process. So that's why I love this song. All right, let's have it. Rob, should we have it from, right from the start? That uh, was Uma with Tara, um, which is a lovely song, a lovely song. Named Thank after you. a Sanskrit goddess. Yeah, Buddhist goddess. Um, there's a lot of mythology in the mixtape, so we wanted to pull from... Different. We had a lot of kind of European mythology, and I was just starting to explore my Thai heritage. And my dad was brought up Buddhist, and looking into that. So there's a lot of that in the mixtape as well. Well, I wanted to ask about this because you've got a got a fantastically um, interesting background. Um, I mentioned that you're uh, sort of from La Bisbal, which yeah. is one of everyone's favourite places in deepest Girona, like yeah, a exactly. ceramic centre. Where that is. Your dad's from Thailand? Yeah, my dad's from Thailand. Um, and you, you basically, um, your mum is English, but you were basically brought up in Labby's Bell, correct? Yes. Yeah, my mum moved here 
uh, in her early 20s and I think just fell in love with it and never left. Um, so I was born here, brought up here, which is an amazing, got to have this incredible kind of countryside childhood, which I'm extremely grateful for. And your mum ran an international women's performance art festival. Yeah, yeah. What was it? What was that called? What was? It was called. Um, well, she's done several, but uh, I guess the the longest running one was called Femme, and it ran in Girona City in La Bisbal. Uh It was incredible. It was incredible, and she still does events within that kind of structure. They're just restructured um, as a more kind of investigative um, process. Yeah. So it's more of a closed festival now than an open one. Why did your mum end up in Labby's Bow, if it's not a personal question. I mean, rather, I mean, it's a lovely place, but, you know, rather well, than Girona or, or... Her initial idea was to come to Barcelona to learn to dance flamenco, which was like a, I don't know, English young girl's kind of dream. She'd been to art school and I think she wanted to get out of England and got to Barcelona, signed up for a class, and they put her in with three-year-olds who could do it better. <laughs> and I think it was very depressing. And she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And one of her close friends had another friend who was staying near La Bisbal. And she said, oh, why don't you go and stay with her while you're figuring things out? And she just stayed. Yeah. Fell in love with the area. So was it? A, did you have a very sort of bohemian, bohemian upbringing? I guess so. It didn't feel like it. I mean, it did feel different to everybody else's upbringing. I'd complain a lot that we weren't normal, but <laughs> it doesn't feel too out of the ordinary now. Did you ever, because obviously you're, 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 you're a musician, um, did you ever sort of think you might rebel against it and become like an accountant? Oh yeah, definitely. As, and I wish, there's, there's a part of me on like tough days and days where you're, where work's not happening and work's not coming in where I say, I wish I'd just stuck to that idea and become a lawyer or a doctor <laughs> and had a stable income. And, um, but yeah, very happy that with that with my choices now. Well, I'm glad you didn't become a didn't didn't Me become. Too. A, <laughs> um, so we were talking sort of briefly uh, about Can Aubert. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't. Is that was that started by your parents? Or yeah. Was it, right. I mean, well, that was the name of the house. My mom, when she moved, her her grandmother had just died, and my grandmother decided to split the inheritance and give it to her children so they could buy somewhere and my uncles and aunts um made very sane choices of buying a place in london and you know place that my mom just found this kind of abandoned house in this tiny village and decided to buy that and it was totally burnt down and she spent the last 35 years rebuilding it and it came with that name which means the open house which is actually a mis it's kind of misspelt because I think the original name was uh, Can Ubert with an H of a family name, so Hubert, um, but slowly had got transformed into this name, The Open House, which I think was, yeah, part of why she fell in love with it. See, I, when when I read about Can Ubert, I always thought that, oh, that, that's like the perfect name because uh, certainly with, with what you've done, it's become a place for getting lots of people together. And I believe your your, your parents as well, or your yeah. mum, sort of, they had it quite open, like a lot of people yeah. came around. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's all the way we run it is definitely down to them and my mom and how she set things up. Um, I don't think we would be able to do what we do and run the house in the same way if she hadn't started it first. And, and is she still there with you? Like when, yeah, when you're... we're all there. It's kind of a communal communal house. There's five of us living there at the moment. Um, and yeah, she runs her. We all work with a lot of people so we all have to balance our diaries to make sure that there's not too many overlaps and too many overbookings so we're going to play uh, another song so right on 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 yeah. on streaming services yeah. uh the, the the collection you've been because you've been releasing one song a month right yeah more or less and um on streaming services they're kind of at the moment they're they're grouped together under uh so again, apologies for my pronunciation. Uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai, yeah. Um, but that's that's not it's not that's not the EP, right? No, no. Um, but the mixtape does have a name, uh, which I think I can talk about. It's called Jai, mm-hmm. and it's eight songs, and it will be out in September. And all of the the, the four songs released will be will be on it. Yeah. And are you going to continue like re- releasing like one song a month and to build up to it? Or yeah, I mean, I think it was um, a decision based on kind of the climate of the world at the moment and the industry and post-COVID in music industry, and it didn't really make sense where I was at the time to do a kind of big album campaign, and because of work, I hadn't been able to just sit and make an album which is what I want to what I really wanted to do so these songs happened over the last two years at different points and the writing's different and the production's different which is kind of what I love about it so I just decided to put them all out and and let them live as singles but also as a mixtape yeah so we're going to play Crocodile next um what can you tell us about that Crocodile was the last song um that I wrote from this mixtape and it was probably the easiest song to write it just happened in two days and we finished it and put it out pretty much a month after we finished it um so it's one of my favorites because it was so easy and it's just it doesn't hold any kind of resent or pain or or difficulty in process it's just the magic of that moment Let's hear it. Uh, Crocodile. We were just talking uh, violins. Uh, <laughs> that is Crocodile. Um, so I, I wanted I wanted to ask, we, we got into, into this a little bit, but um, I'm kind of fascinated by uh, the idea of um, albums versus mixtapes. Yeah. Because I'm uh, of a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I grew, grew up on albums um, and... Um, Mixtapes for me were always like you know you'd make for your, your friends or, or yeah. something like that. What, what's the difference for you? I mean, I guess I have a similar feeling with it, and this definitely feels like something I've just put together for my friends, which is really nice. Um, but I think essentially it goes back to the the idea of, that I was talking about before of um, a kind of post-COVID music industry and the state of it and. You know, there's this video that pops up on my Instagram every now and again of, um, I think it's Beyonce, and she's like, no one does albums anymore. 
and that's really messed up. And I agree, I totally agree, but I also think that making an album in this day and age is uh, a luxury that not everyone is afforded because you need investment and you need enough investment that allows you to take time to do that in the way that you want to do it, whether that's one year or three years, without panicking that you don't have enough money to live on. And um, so I think it was kind of the the idea of doing this as a mixtape and releasing all of the tracks, making sure they were all out and releasing them one a month was kind of to, to have fun. I think I was at a point where I was really anxious within the system of like, well, how am I going to put out the work I want to put out and how am I going to work within an industry that's, that's it's it's really difficult everyone's struggling right now um, so I just wanted to have fun with it I think that was the thing I just wanted to kind of feel like not like I was playing the system but like I was playing within the system and, and being able to enjoy it um, and we've had this back and forth with Slow Dance who have released it of um, well it feels like an album and it feels like a, maybe it's a mini album maybe it's a long EP um but yeah, I don't know. There's something about mixtapes which feel playful and I wanted this to to feel playful. So that was kind of the choice behind it. Will you make an album someday or is yeah, that Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um got an album in I've definitely got an album in me, but again, I think I want to be in a position where I can I can do a campaign how I want to do it. And um that just wasn't where I was at when I started releasing this music. So yeah, album in the works, but we'll see. You you mentioned Slow Dance. Um, fabulous uh, London label, run events, manage people, yeah. do lots of different kind of things. Um, how did you how did you meet up with them? How did you find them? They find you? They found me. And um, it was the day I moved from London back here. I kind of did a big, I was mainly based there and then I just got really sad in London and I really wanted to be near the Mediterranean and, you know, in my garden with my animals. So I decided to move back and the day I decided, uh, the day I was flying out, I got this message from Darius from the Slow Dance. And they said, we want to have a meeting with you. We'd love to put out some of your music. And I said, well, I'm not in London anymore and I don't know when I'm going to be back. And I don't know, and this is fine, we'll fly out. Um, so they flew out and it's been incredible working with them because... They're just, there's just so much freedom, um, which I think is something is very undervalued uh, within like labels. There's a lot of, they just, yeah, I can do whatever I want and release things however I want. And they're extremely supportive and yeah, very fun to work with. Uh, you were playing in, in the UK recently, right? Yeah. How was that? Was that it was incredible. Full tour? No, um... Just last minute headline show, uh, we were filming a bunch of things and got a band together to do the filming and thought it would be fun to just put it out there and see what happened. Um, we haven't played for a very long time and never played in the, this music in a full band situation because of COVID and then post-COVID restrictions. Um, so yeah, we put it out there, sold out the first night added a second one, sold that out, and it was just very touching to see everybody there. It was, in, yeah, an incredible experience. What, what was the venue? It was tiny venue, Servant Jazz Quarters, but definitely one of my favourites in London. I've heard of that. What's it like? Yeah. yeah. It's it's small. <laughs> it's very small. But um, 
But it's very special because you get to just be in the people, in the crowd. Um, yeah, and it just feels personal. You get to see everybody's face and, and as nerve-wracking as that is at the start, it just becomes very kind of, yeah, very beautiful experience. Because I would say, and you might disagree, there is something, a sort of touch of jazz to your music. Okay, I'll take care. You'll, you'll take care. Because I, I, I mean, I, nobody, nobody likes sort of, you know, putting a label on, on their, their music. Um, but for me, I mean, that feels like kind of reference. And also um, folk music. Yeah, like definitely. Linda Perhax. Yeah. What, what is it about her music that you like? I, I, I really, I love songwriting and I love, I think I, I grew up listening to a lot of different music, but the first kind of time I realized I wanted to write songs was um, Laura Marling. And I think that there's like a, yeah, a, a line there of just amazing women being extremely honest and writing just amazing songs that stand up as a song in any format. And there's something very special about that. It's like a real talent. You obviously lived in, in, in Catalonia um, yeah. most of your life. Yeah. Um, I know you've been singing in Spanish recently. Yeah. Of, um, well, for a start, any Catalan? Yeah, yeah I, um, I released, well, I didn't release my friend, Entines. Uh, he released a song that I featured on and the process for that was was very fun because I don't really write in Catalan. I think we spoke English at home and I read mainly in English and then I moved away. And just English, I'd listened to so much English music that felt like what the kind of way I was going to express myself um, and had never thought or was a bit too scared to do it in Catalan. And then Mark... Uh, had this proposal for me and said I'm doing an album which is an incredible album and I want to do a song with you and came with this incredible text that he'd written um, because he's a beautiful writer and we took pieces of that and rearranged it so again very uh, playful process and I think it took away the pressure of kind of trying to find the right word so that was the first thing I did in Catalan um, there's definitely going to be more it's just a harder, I think both Catalan and Spanish, I find it maybe harder to write in. It's just slightly more scared to write in them. Yeah. I, I have a theory. Okay. If, if I may. That sometimes, sometimes writing outside of your, of your mother tongue yeah. kind of opens you up. And because like you can almost say what you wouldn't say in your mother yeah. tongue. Like, um, like ABBA, for example. I think the lyrics are really, really good. And I think yeah. part of the reason is because they're not, you know, they're obviously brilliant in English, but like it's not their it's not their mother tongue, so they they kind of come up with these real universal truths that like. Yeah, definitely. That's my idea. I like I I like that concept. I have to try more more <laughs> Catalan writing. See if it gets something out. Well, there, there was a quote from you about uh, when I was reading um, about you singing in Spanish. And you said, and I hate to quote this back to you, but I'm, I'm going to oh, do it. No. You've been having fun out of my, my comfort zone yeah. in terms of making music. What do you mean by that? Well, I think, yeah, I was just really scared for a long time to write in Spanish in Catalan because maybe because 
There is something where it's outside of my mother tongue, but it feels right like I was brought up on all three languages at the same time. And it's a language I use with my friends and with my very close friends. So I feel like very seen in it. <laughs> and um, maybe that's why it's so scary. But then recently, or not last year, uh, Luke, who's produced the whole the whole mixtape, amazing producer, uh, came to me one day and he said, like, I've got this incredible kind of loop and I don't know what to write on it. Um, but I think we should try several things and nothing really stuck. And then I realized I had this poem that my dad had written 10 years before. So I went and dug that out. And that, again, similar to the process with Mark, gave me kind of the, I don't know, the freedom to be a bit more playful and rearrange that and start it. Uh, so from there, I've been writing a lot more in Catalan Spanish and it feels really nice. But yeah, definitely a bit more nervous to put those songs out into the world. So we're going to play um, uh, another song, uh, Mew Tai, which you called A Love Letter to My Parents. Yeah, so Granada and Muay Thai feel like very different songs, but um, both are kind of inspired on in my childhood and I took a lot of my parents' relationships and the way they brought me up and put that into these songs. Right, well, let us play Muay Thai. That was the wonderful uh, Mutai by Uma, uh, who we have here. How, how are you doing? You enjoying doing yourself? Well. All yeah. good? So far, yeah. right. Uh, I wanted to talk a bit, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Can Aubert mm -hmm. um, before, and um, you invite musicians to come and, and play there. Yeah. Um, you had up to 25 musicians. Yeah, that was the very first one. We haven't done another one that big since the first time we did that which is a long time ago. What on earth does it sound like having 25 Oh, it was crazy because we were um, 19, 25, 19-year-olds. Most of them came in from London. So it was, yeah, it was amazing. We, like, the work produced was incredible and it was a surreal experience, kind of very blurry now, but very enriching. And... Uh, at some point you had Nilifa Yanya there, right? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, she's... So Luke, my partner, uh, who released music under Salpa, he played in Nilifa's band for a very, very long time. Um, and they all... Yeah, I think there's just... London is very big, but it's also very small. And there's a really beautiful community of musicians and they all know each other and help each other out and... Yeah, that's kind of how that happened. Uh, when when you go there, do you record music or is it just to sort of make, you know, and, and exist in, in the moment? Well, both. This time there was no actual recording of kind of my own music, but doing a lot of writing for other people and, yeah, just soaking it in. I think being based in the middle of nowhere makes you really yearn for that. So going over for kind of, one month stints is really amazing because you come back, you leave just when you start to feel like you can't do it anymore and you get to kind of rest and then go back, which I feel very grateful for. <laughs> and presumably, uh, if you're in the middle of nowhere, no one's complaining if you're making lots of noise. No, luckily not. So far. 
So that, I'm sure they weren't. Yeah. It's funny, we, we were talking off, off mic earlier about, about La, La Visbaun, which is, you mm. know, a town, sort of the big town in that region. Well, not Girona, yeah. obviously, but like in, in that sort of local region. And we were sort of saying it's become more of a, of a centre for music, right? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of, a lot of things going on. Um, in the last couple of years, we know an amazing band. Uh, have obviously brought in their productions incredible Amelia is like amazing um, I worked with him on the Mark stuff and have used that studio I think they might be making another one somewhere um, but yeah just amazing how they've managed to bring in so many artists to this one town and and so much variety and do do they do sort of events there I don't think so. I, I mean, I think events happen. There's a new art center called Brava Arts um, that just opened while we were in London, which I was very sad to miss the opening for. And they did a concert then. I think they are planning on doing events. But other than that, there's not, there's more of kind of a creative making hub than maybe there is of events and things. Um. And very, very briefly, so I, I wanted to ask about this earlier, skipping around. Um, you started off with the violin, right? Yeah. Tell, tell us about that, oh. your, your uh, dedication. Um, well, I, the story goes that I was walking with my mom and a friend down the street and heard a violinist and asked to go in and see what was happening. We went in and I saw the violin and then didn't stop talking about it until... I got my parents to get me one um, and I was five. So I, I don't know what was going through my head. And then, yeah, did played the violin until I was 18, went to university, did all of the kind of classical music, studied contemporary, contemporary classical music and was at some point gonna go into kind of sound art and installations and then decided pop music was, was my real love and ended up there. But I think I just, couldn't I just didn't really enjoy the classical structure and the classical way of teaching um, and it felt very restricted and not very free which at the time was something I really needed to feel kind of I, that I could do anything and it was okay so when when you write songs these days is it with an instrument or do you do it with a guitar or, or is it how, how do you do it well a lot of this mixtape has been made um, with and written with um, Luke and the way we've been doing it is off loops because I really wanted to I don't know I just felt like I'd done a lot of songwriting and it's very easy to feel like you're writing the same over and over when you're and I wanted to have fun and get out of my comfort zone so we decided to just kind of put these beats together and just loop them and see what happens so a lot of them were started from kind of drum beats and then the harmony was worked up off of the whatever melodic line I would sing. So, what's next for you? The the mixtape um, yes. is coming in September. There's going to yeah. be roughly a song a song a month until then. Yeah, next song is 17th of May. And are you going to be playing any gigs here? We played London. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love if uh, there are any Boston and Bookers listening. I'd love to do a gig in Bo a kind of headline gig in Barcelona with the whole band. Yeah, I think we're taking it easy. Um, 
we've been finishing these songs and we're now working on some new music and that's kind of where my real love is in the studio i love being in the studio but um i really love playing as well i don't know we're seeing what happens there's some things in the works but yeah we'll see well thank you so much for coming in today it was thank an absolute so pleasure we're going to end um with granada you mentioned it you mentioned it earlier yeah um anything else you, you, you... i guess this is the closest we've spoken about songwriting um this is the one we wrote kind of the closest in process to that so that was just a guitar and us writing the song yeah and was it was it a difficult song to write or um no not from what i remember maybe in the moment but it was it was a real pleasure it was very cathartic this one and is there a particular relevance in in, in the name um, well, there's a lot of mythology in the mixtape and yeah, this one, there's the pomegranate trees and the, we wanted to kind of tie it into our garden because that's where we wrote it and there's loads of pomegranate trees in our garden so we just went, yeah, good and now that comes from there. One of my favourite fruits. Yeah, same. <laughs> well look, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you uh, for having me. And uh, this is Granada. <laughs>